Thank you so much, Pastor Stephen. Um, shalom, everybody. And uh, it's so good to see everybody here again in NBC. And uh, what a wonderful presence of God here this afternoon. So shall we just begin with a word of prayer? Okay, right? Father, we want to thank you for your presence here in this place. And Lord, as we have worshipped you with our songs, right now, Lord, we want to worship you with the listening of your word. And I pray that the word of God will bring transformation within us and bring about change in our life. I pray that the word of God will become like a rhema to each and every single one of us here in this place. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all the people say, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, uh, remember the last time when I was here, that is only about last month, right? One month ago. uh, I talked to you about how Abraham went up to the mountain of Sinai and over there, um, he experienced the test of love. And we have learned from that experience that the way God proved his love to us is not by answering our prayers only. But the main evidence is that He has sent Jesus Christ, His Son, for every one of us. And if He has sent His Son on the cross for us, there is nothing that He will withhold from us in Jesus' name. How many of you can say Amen? And that is the evidence of love. It is not when God answers our prayer. Okay. Now, today, I want to bring you back again to Mount Sinai. <laughs> okay, right? But this time around, it is in Exodus chapter 33. Okay, right? And the character this time around is Moses. Somebody say with me, Moses. Okay? Now, over here, Exodus chapter 33, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you. Drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you along the way. Now, just leave the verse over here. Exodus chapter 33, right, was bef- uh, it is of course after Exodus 32. Now, Exodus 32 the children of Israel had just committed a great sin of idolatry, right? They worshipped the golden calf, right? They created an idol. They created a golden calf to replace God. And because of that, God was not only hurt, right? God was actually um, very righteously angry, (laughs) right? Now, based on that, Right? The Lord wanted to destroy the children of Israel. Now, it was because of Moses' inter- intervention. He pleaded with the Lord. And that's the reason why eventually God relented. Okay? So that is in Exodus chapter 32. Now, immediately in Exodus chapter 33, the Lord brought Moses up to Sinai. And this time around, he told Moses, Moses, I do not know, I don't think the children of Israel understand the gravity of their sin against me. They think that after I've forgiven them, after I've pardoned them, everything is A-OK already. Everything is already swept under the carpet. Okay, right? So, the Lord said, I'm not so sure whether the group, these children of Israel, understand the relationship that I have with them. And so, He told Moses, 
Moses, I tell you what. Since you want it that way, right? I tell you what. You go into the promised land and I give you my promise that you will inherit the land. You will experience blessing over there and I will drive out the enemies on you. That means you will have victories over your enemies. But I will not go with you. That means God was actually proposing to Moses, right? A religion without God. Now, many of us will find this very practical. <laughs> we'll find this, is that so? You mean can? Ah? You mean there is such a thing ah, that religion without God? That means what? I can get to enjoy the blessing of religion but I do not need to have a personal relationship with God. And the fact of the matter is this, many of the people, the children of Israel at that time, right, they don't understand the relationship that God wanted to have with His people. So as a result, they wanted to have a religion, but they do not want to experience God. Friends, what about you today? If God were to give you this proposal, right, you can go in into the promised land. You can enjoy the blessing. That means you can do whatever you want to do. You don't need to be accountable to God. You don't even need to develop personal relationship with God. And I promise you, I will, have, I will give you blessing. You will still be blessed. You will still experience victory. But, you don't have God. Friends, what will be your answer? Because you must know this one thing. Blessing without God is empty. How many of you can say amen? You will soon realize that blessings can never fulfill you. Only God can fill you. Only God can satisfy you. And that is what the essence of having personal relationship with God is all about. It's to have God instead of the blessing. It's to have God instead of just religion. And that's the thing. God is challenging Moses and the children of Israel this way. Friends, do you value your relationship with God the way Moses value his relationship with God? You know, I was very blessed when Pastor Kong was preaching in our church and he was telling us this, that when God anointed Jesus with the Spirit of the Lord, you know that the Spirit of the Lord consists of seven manifestations, right? Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of wisdom, counsel, understanding, knowledge, power, right? And then the last one is the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. The Spirit of the fear of the Lord. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, right, is so that you and I can value your relationship with God above blessing, above all the things and success that God can ever give you. And if you read in Isaiah, guess which gift out of these seven that Jesus delights the most. You read the next verse. And Jesus delights in the spirit of the fear of the Lord the most. That means Jesus values relationship more than the rest of the other anointing that can help him to be successful. See, what about us today? 
Do we come to church because we can be successful? <laughs> or do we come to church because we want to go deeper in our relationship with God? And that's the reason why people can pick and choose God. Which God is the most practical? Okay, right? Wow, I like uh, this Concourse Hotel. Because the moment I come in Concourse Hotel, there are many choices. Right? Many church, many choices. I want to pick which one that can help me or tell me the most practical way to become successful. But I can tell you this. If our ministry is only based on making us successful, this ministry cannot last long. Only when the people of God develop deep, genuine, authentic relationship with God, then this ministry can last the distance in Jesus' name. How many of you can say amen? And I believe that NBC here are full of people who love God more than the success, more than the blessing that God can ever give to us. How many of you can say amen? Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. Listen, if you don't put value in your relationship with God, then you will automatically treat God and, and, and make it for, take it for granted. Right? You will devalue your relationship with Him. So therefore, how then must we develop or value the relationship that we have with God? What must we do? How many of you want to know? Amen, right? Well, there are two things that we must do today. Number one, we must value the presence of God. We must value the presence of God. Who can say amen? Now look at Exodus 33, right? The Lord said, leave this place. You and the people you brought up out of Egypt, go to the land I promise. And I will give them to you. I will also send an angel and drive out all your enemies. But then he said this, however, I will not go with you. Essentially, God told Moses that he will still keep his covenant by giving them the promised land, by giving them success and victory. Okay? Now, church, if that is you, right, how would you react? Wow, would you say, wow, finally, man, hallelujah, I can have this kind of license of practicing a religion, okay, without developing accountability with God. So, at this point of time, right, God was also testing Moses and the children of Israel, right? His presence will not go with them. So, in a way, God is saying to them, I will not be near you. I will not be in a relationship with you. You will only treat me as a God for you or like the golden calf, an idol. Okay, right? Now, how many of you agree? This is what I call as arranged marriage, not real marriage. Okay, right? Arranged marriage means what? We come together for a benefit, for mutual benefit. Yeah? Amen, right? But God is not interested in an arranged marriage. God is interested in a covenant relationship with all of us. How many of you can say amen? You know what? The late Timothy Keller, right, says it like this, right? He says what? Religion says I obey God in order to get things from God. The gospel says I obey to delight in and resemble Him. So what about us today? Do we value the pleasure of blessing or the presence of God? Do we value blessing or relationship? 
Now church, almost always, the main reason you and I eventually lose our esteem and value towards God is because there is already an idol who has replaced God inside your heart. <laughs> and you need to get rid of the idol. You can say amen. Okay, right? Now, Moses replied in verse 15, 16. Thank God, Moses, right, gave the right answer. And he said this. He said, God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Now, why? Why is it that Moses have the sanity to understand that the value of the presence of God is more than the value of the blessing that God can ever give to us? Why? The answer is found in the next verse, verse 16. Okay, can all of us read this verse? Okay, right? Now, this is after lunch, eh? so we will have to stir up our heart. Okay, right? One, two, three. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Why is it that the presence of God is more valuable than blessing? Look at here. Because the presence of God carries with it the grace and the favor of God upon our life. The grace and the favor is the one thing that separates us from the people of the world. Now, why is it that this grace is so important? You see, church, this is the distinction between Christians who know God in a personal way and carry the presence of God with them between them and the Christian who only value blessing. What is that? The presence of God, the grace of God is upon their life. Now, when I say the grace of God is upon their life, it means what? It means this one thing. It means that even when they go through tough times, even when they go through good or bad times, they know that the grace of God is always there for them to eventually turn everything good to them in Jesus' name. You see, the presence of God will ensure that you remain blessed in both good and hard times. How many of you can say amen? You will realize that even when you go through tough times, as long as the presence of God is there, the grace of God will be there to carry you through and to bring you into God's blessing and promises upon your life. How many of you can say amen? But it's different. When you only value blessing instead of the presence. Because if you only value blessing, that means your standard, right? The way you measure your Christianity is how much you are blessed. So today, you look at your life. Okay, right? Wow, how many Ferraris I have? Ten. Wow, I'm very blessed. How many houses I have? Five. Wow, I'm very blessed. How much money I have in a bank account? Okay, right? Five billion. Wow, I'm very blessed. Okay, right? But then, when the economy turns, when you lose five Ferraris into only one Fiat, five billion only become five Five million rupiah. Amen, right? When everything else has turned. Okay, right? 
if you do not have, if you do not understand, don't have a personal relationship with God, you look at your life and you will say, God is angry with me. <laughs> God is against me. God is punishing me. God is making sure that I suffer because I did not go to church. When Pastor Stephen is away in Jakarta, I skip church. Hallelujah, right? And that's the reason why God is punishing me. This is how you will live your Christian life. Friends, and how many of you know, if you live your Christianity like this, you can never sustain your Christianity because you will always regard God as a very difficult God, hard to please kind of father. How many of you can say amen? But if you understand the value of the presence of God in your life, then you will realize there is always a grace. There is always a grace whenever you go through tough times. There is always a grace that when your prayers are not answered, that God will be with you no matter what. How many of you can say amen? Look, look, look. Look at this. Psalms 139, right? Verse 7 to 12. David said this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. That means what? When I'm going through hopeless situations, you are there. Right? If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. That means what? Even when I feel lost and uncertain in my life, your presence will be there to guide me. And your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. That means when I'm in the midst of uncertainty, when I'm in the midst of darkness, as long as your presence is with me, I know, God, you are always with me. And I know there will always be hope at the end of the tunnel. How many of you can say amen? Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? You see, that's the thing, right? That's the difference between Christians and the people of the world. The people of the world, the moment they don't get what they want, they get angry. They get hopeless. They become helpless. They blame everybody else except themselves. And they seem to be, not to be able to see the positive side of things. But not you Christians. Because if you have the presence of God, the grace of God is on you. That even when you go through tough times, God's grace will carry you through. And every bad circumstances will be turned around for your good. How many of you can say amen? Can you see that? And the thing is this, this can only be realized when you have a personal relationship with God. But if your relationship with God is based on blessing, how much money you have in the bank, one day you will realize all your money is gone and you are still feeling insecure. Who can say amen, right? One day you will realize... Okay, right? That you are so afraid to lose all this money. You can't sleep. And that's the thing, see? When you carry the anointing and the presence of God in your life, the grace of God is on you. Good times, bad times, you'll always be full of faith. You're always believing that God is for you. And no matter what, no matter what the devil comes against you, God will always turn it around for our good in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Friends, I don't know about you. Okay, right? Smart people, rich people are everywhere. Intelligent people are everywhere. But if you carry the anointing and the presence of God, the grace of God is on you. You're different. Right? You're secure. You're happy. Right? You are, you are not easily pulled by culture. Right? You're chill. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? The grace of God is upon you. You know, I share with you about my son, right? All the time. Okay, right? And you know what? I'm telling you, the grace of God is upon him as well. You know, I always thought that he's not able to make it. Right? And so, this year, by the grace of God, he's able to be admitted to Tomasic Poly. Tomasic Poly. Right? So, he took the longer journey. Okay? So, he took SEC 4, right? SEC 4 normal. And then he went to ITE. And after ITE, he was able to pass with flying colors. And now he is in Polytechnic. First year, engineering. But you know, when I was, when he was only five, six years old, I was worried for him. Don't like to study. I told you, right? Have problem in understanding in all the subjects that he's in. And I was very, very anxious. I was very, very, very angry with him when he doesn't like to study. And you know what? The more I get angry, the more I resent him. The more I have wrong expectation of him. And the more I resent him, the more I reject him. And as a result, my relationship with him was strained. But only when God began to speak to me, when God began to reveal to me that he told me, that he told me, don't worry, I am with your son. My grace and my presence will go with him. Now friends, that's the thing, isn't it? You see, we Christian, right? We ask God, God, give me assurance whether or not I will be able to do well in this life or not. So what is the expectation that you want to receive from God? You want God to give you a proper answer, right? Don't worry, Alicia. Okay, right? You study well, you will score six points. Okay, right? After six points, right, you will go to NUS and then you make sure you choose uh, medicine. Okay, right? And then you're going to do well and make sure, right, you find a guy in NBC to get married to. Right. See, you're expecting God to give you the step-by-step answer to your prayers. But many Christians, right, very get irritated by God. Get frustrated by God. Because when you say, God, please tell me, assure me whether or not I'm able to pass this subject. Whether or not I'm able to pass through this problem. You know, what is the usual answer that God gave us? I love you. I am with you. God, hello. I need more. I need more detail. And this time around, don't tell me that you love me. I know that you love me. I want you to show me you love me. Okay, right? Tell me exactly how am I going to get through this? But do you notice God never, never, never revealed to us His steps? But He always assured us. Don't worry, I love you. Don't worry, my presence goes with you. Right? You know this now? You read all the scripture in the Bible. Right? All the answers that God gave to these people is that what? 
Don't worry. I'm with you. Joshua, oh God, I'm so scared. Right? I don't know whether am I able to live up to Moses' legacy, right? What is God's answer to Joshua? Be bold and be very courageous for I, the Lord, is with you. Ini jawapan macam apa lah? Amen, right? I don't need this kind of answer, right? But that's the problem. We fail to see that in the presence of God, there is a grace of God. The grace of God will carry you through. That means the grace of God will give you the ability beyond your supernatural ability to be able to handle the pressure, able to handle all the problems that you face. And as you persevere, as you don't give up, God will show you a promised land. God will show you a new life. God will show you greater blessing that is beyond your human imagination. How many of you can say amen? Let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? Listen, it's the same with my, my son. When he was born, I have my expectation. And my expectation is that he goes to this, 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 and this. Okay, right? That means go to ACSI. ACS. Okay, right? ACJC. NUS. Harvard. Startup. Entrepreneur. Become very rich. And then I retire early. Hallelujah, right? As a pastor. You see, that's my expectation, you see? Right? But every single step of the way, God did the opposite. Right? ACSI juga nggak dapat. Okay, right? O level also didn't want to take O level. Right? Go by ITE, a longer route. Then now, Tomasic Poly. Now, I do not know whether after that, where we'll go. Lah. I still expect him to go to NUS. Ah. But I do not know how God will lead him. But, I always see every single step of the way, the grace of God is upon him. And somehow he's able to carry him through one stage after another. And until today, even when he is in polytechnic, I can stand here to tell you it is truly by the grace of God because he himself has some learning disability. And that's why it is truly by God's grace that he can be there in the polytechnic and still doing very well. But you know what? I keep on praying every day, God, please show me His future. And God, even if He doesn't have a future, give, her, give Him a very rich Indonesian wife. Hallelujah. Amen, right? So that my future is secured. Oh God. Yeah, that's the best. Amen, right? God, please. Right. Now, this is what I want. This is what I pray for Him to experience. Right? But God never answered me and say, Reese, because you are a pastor, I'm going to grant your three wishes. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? right? I'm going to bless you. Okay, right? Whatever your wish is, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to answer all your prayer. No! Not a single day God answered me this way. Every time God answers me in a very irritating way, my presence will go with you. I love you. And my presence will go with your son. I love your son. You don't worry. My grace is more than sufficient for him. And I can tell you this. Only when you are close to God, then you understand. Because the grace of God 
is in the presence of God. And the grace of God gives us the ability to go through good times and hard times and yet always come out victorious in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? Valuing the presence of God. So do you value your personal relationship with God over blessing? Please, change your priorities. Right? Don't after receiving your bonus, six-month bonus, <laughs> so happy. Right? Pastor uh, Stephen, sorry oh, next two months, I don't come to church. Because I want to go somewhere. Now guys, no, 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 no. When you receive blessing, don't forget the presence of God. When you are blessed, go deeper with God. When you are not blessed, draw closer to Jesus. Everything else, always value the presence of God in your life, which is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you can say amen? That's point number one. Point number two. Only two points. Fuji uh, Tuhan. Amen, right? That's why uh, I think I always give two points. Pastor Stephen keep on inviting me back again. Hallelujah. Amen, right? Praise God. Amen. The rest of the other preachers are three points, four points. Amen, right? Pastor Ari, two points. Hallelujah. Two points. Second point. With this, I'll end. Wow. Fuji Tuhan. Yeah, amen, right? Two points. Now, the second point is valuing God over the good. Valuing God over the good. Now, do you notice that in God's proposal, He mentioned that in Exodus chapter 33, verse 1 to 3 again. Okay, right? He says this, You will go up to the land, right? And I will give it to your descendants. I will even drive out your enemies. And you are going to go to the land flowing with milk and honey. That means the prosperity is almost guaranteed. Now church, the fact is, all these blessings are good. Because if it is not good, God would not want to give it to them anyway. Who can say amen? These are good. So, he is telling Moses, Moses, I'm giving you all the good stuff. But, I won't go with you. So, in a way, Moses is being challenged. Right? Do you value God over good? Now, the thing is this. There are many things in life that we call or we refer to as good. Even, right, when things that we pray and God give it to us, how many of you know it is considered as good? Who can say amen? But friends, you must understand that even those things that God gave to us are good, the good can never replace God. So, there are many things that you can do that are good. Study, on Sunday is good. Who can say amen? Right? Study on Sunday is good. Having tuition on Sunday is good. But, you must ask yourself, has it come to a place where good replaces God? Right? Having house is good. Now, I'm not saying that you all sell your house. If you have five houses, please sell one to me if you have. If you have. Hallelujah, right? I'm not saying that you must sell all your five houses. And live in a hut. Having houses is good. Having 10 houses are good. I'm not saying that you cannot have 10 cars. Having 10 cars are good. Who can say amen? And I'm not saying that you cannot have $5 billion in the bank. When you have lots of money, it's good. But friends, you must ask yourself, the good, when does it come to a point where the good has replaced God? And this is the challenge where many of us 
sometimes find, find it hard to differentiate. Because when the good starts to replace God in your life, you will always tell yourself, oh, not like that. Anyway, these are all God's blessing. What? Pastor Stephen, it's okay. What? God wants me to prosper, right? The more I prosper, I glorify God. <laughs> right? We're telling ourselves. Right? But the thing is this, how much has the good taken over God in your life? And the thing is this, the hardest dilemma is not between good and evil. The hardest dilemma is between good and God. Especially when the good has a from God label on it. How many of you can say amen, right? The hardest dilemma is between good and God. You know, the hardest dilemma is not choosing between, um, it's, not be, it's not choosing between going to, going to church or going to a Satan temple. How many of you can say amen? It's, it's, very, it's a no-brainer, right? Which is better, to go to church or to go to a Satan temple? Of course, go to church, lah. Right? It's very easy. But the hardest dilemma to choose is between what? Choosing to go to church and go to Taylor Swift concert. Ah, that's very difficult. How many of you can say amen, right? Now, that's very difficult. Okay, right. Now, hypothetically, if there is only one concert that Taylor Swift is having, okay, right? Only one concert. And what time is it? Right, it is 10 a.m. on Sunday. Or 12 p.m. on Sunday. And hypothetically, that year, NBC can only have one service. <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically, huh? hypothetically. NBC can only have one service that year. That year is that year, that day. 12 p.m. on Sunday, clashes with Taylor Swift, one day concert only. Ah, that's the hardest dilemma. Right? And somehow, you queue up for 10 hours. And you know what? After you queue up, your queue number is number 6 million. Right? And then when you queue, you tiong, you got it. And you got the ticket, you say, Praise the Lord! This is from God! Hallelujah! So you come to Pastor Stephen. Pastor Stephen, I know that you have only one service this whole entire year. But you know this is from God, you know? How many of you know? To make a decision this way is harder than choosing between going to church and Satan temple. Who can say amen? The problem is this. The good, I'm not saying that the good is bad. <laughs> right? Because if it is good, it can never be bad. Because it is from God. Every good thing comes from above. The problem is this. When is the good reach a point that it replaces God in your life? Who can say amen? And that's the thing, you see. Now, it's important. You know what is why is it important? Because over here, right, Moses must choose God over good. Not good over God. Why? Because if he can only associate God as good, then one day, when things are not good, he is not able to associate God in the circumstances. Who can say amen, right? When you think, okay, right? When you can only see, when you can only see that good equals God, then you are not able to see that God equals good. Because to you, good must equal good things, convenient things, pleasure. But you cannot see 
that God is good all the time and all the time God is? But just because God is good does not mean that God will allow you to go through pleasure things, good things all the time. Sometimes you still have to suffer. Sometimes you will go through sufferings. Sometimes you will go through problems. And at that time, are you still able to say, God is good all the time? How many of you can say amen? Now, the reason why God makes this um, situation so clear to Moses is this. When they go to the promised land, right? God is getting the people ready. Because in the promised land, they need to sow. They are no longer going to depend on manna from heaven. They need to work hard. So they need to sow. They need to sow into the economy. Now, the moment they sow into the economy, there will be days, there will be seasons, they will have no harvest. They will experience economic downturn. In the promised land, there are enemies and giants. That means there are days where the enemies can overcome you. There are days where you will be overcome by enemies. There will be days where your belongings are taken away by the enemies. But friends, just because you experience defeat today does not mean God is against you. You must know that as long as you don't give up, as long as you keep on keeping on, God is good all the time. Because in the midst of all the defeat, in the midst of all the negativity, if you can see that God is good, you will always see that it's always good things that God has in store for you in every circumstances in our life. How many of you can say amen? Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> Friends, don't be afraid. Right? Don't be afraid because God is with you. <laughs> you know what? So Moses, right? He said this in his plea for the Lord. So he said, okay, lah, God, Please don't go away from us, right? And I'm going to be committed, right, to, 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 to lead this group of people, this group of stiff-necked people. Now, the thing is this. Moses understands why God was also angry because this group doesn't seem to understand the value of the presence of God. So Moses pleaded with God, God, please don't destroy them. And he said this, God, I will still lead them. I will continue to lead them. Now, guys, when he said that, right, I really salute Moses, you know. To lead three million stiff-necked congregation is not easy. Bener ga, Pastor Stephen? Hallelujah, right? Don't talk about three million. Thirty aja, kita udah memuntah. Hallelujah, right? Thirty, we also almost vomit blood. Now, the thing is this. Moses understand that the task ahead is not going to be easy. The task ahead is going to really, really require him to sacrifice and be committed to the Lord. Remember, he, and he ended up not entering the promised land. Eh? <laughs> After so many years, 40 years leading them, and they still didn't get his pension. Can you imagine if it is me? Aduh. Can you imagine after, after in ministry for more than 40 years, and I cannot withdraw my CPF? I don't get my pension. I don't get my retirement package from the church. Can you imagine? Right? You will look back and they say, what? Well, it's a waste of my time. And Moses understand that. And Moses say, God, I know the risk ahead of me. Right? And I better be sure that you are good. <laughs> because even if I don't get it, 
I know that you're still good. I know that you will always have something good in store for me. How many of you can say amen? No, you must be like that. But not easy, yeah? Okay, right? So you know what Moses asked? Okay, okay, God. Since it's so difficult, then can you please help me? Show me a glimpse of your glory. Right? So that I can see that you are so magnificent that I can know that it's worth it. That even if one day I don't get my pension, I don't get my retirement package, but when I look back, if I have seen you, I know it's worth it. Now, how many of you want to have? I mean, Chengli, don't? I mean, how many of you agree that Moses, for Moses to ask that about to God, how many of you know in Indonesian term, Chengli, don't? That means it's fair, right? Fair, right? Okay, right? Fair, right? No, it's, it's fair. You know, I'll give an example and I'll show another picture, right? You know, I was in Bali recently. Wow. Bali, right? I was in Bali recently. Okay, right? And my sister-in-law this time around said, hey, let's go to see sunrise in Mount Batur. I said, wow, Mount, sunrise in Mount Batur. What must we do? You must wake up at 3 a.m. Right? And I didn't bring uh, winter clothes. So we have to take the hotel bathrooms. Along, okay, right? So you got to wake up at 3 a.m. And you got to journey for two and a half hours. Right? Up to Mount Batur. Right? And then you have to take, you have to brace through the, uh, brave through the cold. Okay, right? Because we are very ill-prepared. So I say, huh? Must wake up 3 a.m. Is it worth it or not? To watch sunrise. Can't we see sunrise in the East Coast? And then I understand, you know, Singapore sunrise is different from Bali sunrise. Singapore sunrise, the moment sun rises, stress. Wow. Work, work, work. Bali sunrise means uh, holiday. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? Clear. All, all minds clear. Okay, right? So I said, is it really worth it? You know? Is it really worth it for us to wake up at 3 a.m., sacrifice our holiday, one of the days, and spend two and a half hours to go to Mount Batur just to see sunrise? He said, when you go there, see it, it's worth it. So we went there. Lah. Okay, right. So the next slide, lah, that I show you a time lapse. A time lapse. Okay, right? this is a time lapse that we took when we went to Mount Batur. Okay, right. So we braved through two and a half hours. I mean, we were, we, we, we were, we were freezing cold in a, in a hotel bathrobe. And, and we were waiting there, anticipating the sun. Look at this. Wow. Puji Tuhan. Hallelujah. Okay, that's it. Timeless, I would have finished. Hallelujah, right? Now, we saw it. Now, when we saw this, right, we were, we were mesmerized. We were awestruck. And then we said this, wow, it's worth it. It's worth it for me to wake up at 3 a.m., two and a half hours, brave through the cold to see the sunrise. And then we went ahead to the next slide. We had breakfast at the crater yeah, we had breakfast at the crater of Mount Batur, okay, right? Where they serve hot coffee, pop me as breakfast, Indomie, wow, with bawang goreng. Very nice, huh? amen, right? When you slurp the noodle, when you drink the coffee, and you look at the scenery in such a cold weather, you sip the coffee and you say what? It's worth it. Worth it, huh? correct, right? This is exactly what Moses was asking God. God, show me your glory. 
so that to make it more worthwhile. So that if I pay the price for this group of stiff-necked people, <laughs> I know that it's worth it for me. Okay, so one more time, I want to ask you. Li ga? Li. Is it fair? Of course. But guess what? What, is, what did the Lord answer? How did the Lord answer? Did He show him His glory in the way He showed the sunrise? No, 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 no. Look, look, look at what He did. Look at what in verse 19. Right, the next slide. Exodus 33 verse 19. Then He said, he said I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to you to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Moses was looking for a majestic sight, for a beautiful sight of God to make it all worthwhile for the sacrifice that he's about to do for him. But do you know how did the Lord show himself to him? Not his beauty, not his majesty. He said what? I will make my goodness pass before The first revelation that Moses had about God in that Mount Sinai was that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? And he realized that when he sees the goodness of God and how good God is, and the Bible says, my grace is on you. And I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. I choose. I'm, I'm your God. And I'm a good God to you. And even when you don't deserve it, I want you to know, I'm a sovereign God. And I can still choose for you to experience the goodness over your life. You know what? When, I, when Moses had that revelation, that gave him the courage to lead the three million people into the promised land. Because despite all the bad things that happened to him, he knows that God is good all and all the time, God is good. <laughs> that despite all the problems that he has, when he failed his examination and cannot go to the school that he wanted, he knows it's okay. God is good all the time. And God, and all the time, God is good. That when he didn't get his girlfriend, the girlfriend ditched him. Okay, right? For another guy, he still say, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Who can say amen? When he didn't get his job that he wanted, the salary package that he wanted, he still come back home and say, Daddy, it's okay. Because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. When you look at yourself in a mirror and you wish that you can be more like Soje, 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 Kyun, is it right? Something like that. Who are? Y'all don't know, uh, the Korean star. Amen, right? Wow, really, uh, very good, uh, y'all. Very spiritual, uh, this one. Uh. And you wish that your nose can be sharper. You wish that your chin can be sharper. You wish can be skinner, skinnier. You wish that you can be more beautiful, like the Korean star, like this guy. But you look at yourself. You don't hate yourself. But you say, with this face, God is good. And all the time, God is good. Who can say Amen. You know what? I used to always wish that I could be taller. Right? I used, to, I used to always pray, God, make me more handsome. Taller, more handsome. Wow, then my Indonesian service will be bigger. 
Well, you know what? It is a myth. It is an illusion. The only, the only time when your ministry can grow is when you can be happy at what God has already given you. How many of you can say amen? And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can say, you know what? I'm so full of imperfection. But I can tell you this. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good for me. How many of you can say amen? And that gives Moses the courage to continue keeping on. Friends, God didn't reveal His justice to Moses, nor His power, nor His wrath against sin. All those are truly aspects of God's nature. But instead, He displayed to Moses His goodness. If you cannot see God's goodness, despite all the problems you face in life, then I can tell you this, you and I can never survive the difficult terrain in the promised land. <laughs> okay, right? Because in this world that we are living in, it is a dog-eat-dog kind of world. It is a world that is full of contradiction. That even after you put your faith and trust in God and pray, still, bad things happen to good people. And if your understanding about God is only about blessing, it's only about blessing equals good and not God equals good, I can tell you this, when you face through this difficult terrain of the world that we are living in today, you cannot survive a single day. Because this world is a very difficult world. <laughs> but if you have God with you, you know, all things work out good to those who love Him. That even you go through bad times, God will always turn it around for your good. Friends, in conclusion, <laughs> two ways that we can check ourselves today. Okay, right? To know whether or not we value the presence of God. Number one, value our relationship with God. Number one, do we value His presence in our life? Right? And number two, do we value God over the good? And I pray that today, the Word of God brings clarity to your mind so that you can make the right decision like Moses and say, God, if you don't go with us, then we might as well die over here. <laughs> okay, right? So I pray that today, NVC, the Word of God minister to you and give you clarity so that you can make the right choice to always choose God over the good, to always value His presence than the blessing. And everybody say, Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, why don't we all stand up on our feet tonight, this afternoon. And let's just begin to pray right now. Hallelujah. You know what, friends? Tonight, uh, this afternoon, you know, before I end, how many of you today are struggling with this idea and concept that God is good because there are just so many bad things that are happening around you today. And because there are so many bad things that are happening, you can't seem to understand that a good God will allow me to go through such bad things. That a good God will allow me to go through separation. That a good God will allow me to go through sickness, diseases, bankrupts, failures. Friends, God is good the revelation that he wanted Moses to experience is that he understand that God is a good God. And friends, this is what God wants to tell you. Young people, 
despite what you're going through right now, despite all the problems that you're facing, all the misunderstanding that you have with your friends, all the gaps and the lapses that you fail to achieve in life, in relationship, friends, it's not the end of the road. God is a good God. And God wants to reveal to you He has a good future for you. He has a plan for you. But you must commit your life to Him. You must draw closer to Him. And God will show you that He is a good God. If that is you, your eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If that is you, say, Pastor, please pray for me. I'm struggling to see that God is a good God. Well, I want to pray for you. And all I need you to do is just lift up your hands at a count of three and just put it down again. And then we're going to pray together. Now I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you, reach out to you, and set you free from all the wrong and false expectation in your life. If that is you, at a count of three, no one is looking. One, two, three. Lift up your hands. That's right. You can put it down again. Put it down. Thank you, Jesus. Now everybody, just lift up your hands to heaven right now. We worship you, Lord. Of the goodness of God all my life. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so have just lifted up your hands. I want everybody to say this prayer together with me. Everybody, let's just begin to pray a sincere prayer. Everybody say, Dear Jesus, help me to see and understand you are a good God. There is always good things in the midst of my bad circumstances. In the midst of bad situations, Give me faith and the grace to see the good. To see that you have good things in stock for me. Help me to be full of hope and not give up. Now I'm going to lift up your hands and pray right now. That's right, pray.
despite all the challenges that we may be facing in life, cause us to believe and see there is always something good in store for us eventually. Lord, help us not to give up. You know, maybe there are some of you here, you're thinking of giving it up. You're thinking you don't see any future ahead of you because of a failure in your life. Friends, don't do that. I tell you, don't give up on God. God always has something great in store for you. And because you are His son and daughter, the grace of God is upon you. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be upon each and every one of you until Jesus Christ comes back the second time again. And everybody say, Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. NBC, thank you so much for your, for your time and I uh, hope the word of God has blessed you. Thank you. Pastor.